Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. Now, I'm under strict instructions for this fourth episode um, to do something that is hard being Irish because we don't like asking for help <laughs> but my husband Barry says I cannot put another podcast out there without saying or asking people to please subscribe and review and of course I hate saying that because I don't want to get a mean review because that would just you know ruin my day uh, but please do subscribe and review if you've um, been enjoying it so far and also if you want to follow me on social media it's at Caroline Foran and I do a lot of talking there on my stories as well about day-to-day kind of anxieties um so yeah that's the little housework bit out of the way I'm sorry as well that this episode is coming after a bit of a break I probably stupidly in hindsight planned uh well I didn't plan I, I went live with my podcast just before I went on honeymoon and of course I don't think it was going to be the best idea to be recording podcast about such a heavy topic while I was in Thailand trying to have a good time so there was a bit of a gap there Um, I know I've been getting lots of messages from people asking me when the next episode is out and that's obviously amazing so yeah so here we are back again and um, I suppose first of all I have to comment on the the travel anxiety which is a huge topic in itself Um, one of the biggest hurdles for me was always the idea of going away because you're quite literally outside your comfort zone and that always scared me um I was okay with the idea of going to Spain or France I think it's literally just geographically I feel like that's closer I think because you can get home relatively easy if you desperately need to and it's that having those sort of escape routes in in place that helps me be confident about traveling but obviously when you go further afield to somewhere like Southeast Asia it's a little bit um, further away obviously and I guess it's a different kind of culture and for me one of my biggest anxieties because 
anxiety has always been an issue with my stomach one of my biggest fears is that I'll be sick um, and everyone I spoke to said they got really sick in Thailand and I didn't get sick once I didn't have not one upset stomach and I felt better in Thailand than I do at home so I I'm so proud of myself for having gone but also annoyed at myself for having waited so long uh, because little did I know I was going to feel so good um, over there and you know make the unfamiliar become familiar and increase my comfort zone and just put myself into situations that I thought I wasn't going to be able for such as going snorkeling which I know might sound silly to someone who's loves the water but I don't and I don't like getting my face wet under the water but to kind of do all those things and to eat exotic foods and to be at ease being two flights away from home and um, it's just about sort of letting go and letting go of that need for control and knowing that I can be anywhere in the world and manage my anxiety it doesn't have to physically be in in my home or my concept of home it could be anywhere and so I'll probably delve a little deeper into um, travel anxiety in future episodes and sort of tips and what I found helpful and because I did have a couple of little waves of panic while I was away like nothing nothing major just uh, you know on the first night I felt a bit wobbly I think I was just it takes me a few days to sort of settle into somewhere new and I had a couple of moments where I felt a little bit dodgy for about five seconds and instantly panicked that I was going to be sick and then I wasn't um, and usually that was just when I was you know in the airport on the way to somewhere else in Thailand and I think that was just literally a case of I have to be okay right now because I have to get on this flight so my anxiety made me feel unwell so yeah like I know travel anxiety is a big thing for lots of people having talked about it on my stories before um but I was fine and not only was I fine I had ball and I had a great time apart from the mosquito bites and the inability to tan but I just turned into a massive heat rash and my skin hates the sun but my tummy loved it so that is the main thing and now I feel like so excited about the prospect of going away again and where we might go next now of course I stayed in five star hotels so I still had a lot of my comfort literally with me so um but I kind of feel like if you're going to travel and you're really anxious about traveling why not do it when you can save up and do it your way and and stay somewhere that makes you feel comfortable you know I don't need to prove anything by staying in a shithole or trekking through the Amazon jungle when it's just not my thing you know so you can be in different places in the world experience different cultures and still have a little bit of comfort if that is what's important to you and that's totally fine so yeah that was the honeymoon break and just to give you an idea of upcoming episodes I'm so excited to come out with them I will be doing an episode with Pat Dively around anxiety and public speaking which I know is obviously people fear that more than death people who don't even struggle with anxiety the same way that I would have um, or maybe listening experience it so that's a really important one um, Dr Rosie Plunkett who is a psychiatrist will join me to discuss the very important topic of medication that's something I get asked about a lot it's something obviously if you've read my book you know that I took medication and uh, but obviously I'm not qualified to talk about it outside of my own experience so it'll be great to be joined by um, an expert and Orla Walsh who you'll probably be familiar with will join me as well to talk about nutrition and diet around anxiety for this one I'm joined by a very reluctant guest who is my husband Barry Um, one of the questions that comes up again and again is how 
someone who doesn't have anxiety can be there for someone who does in their life and how to communicate with that person and what to say and what not to say and I think Barry was the best person in my life to have that conversation with that said he couldn't have run away faster when I asked him to do it and you know he doesn't struggle with anxiety like I do he seems to be a very confident person but as soon as you put a microphone in his face he was puce he was just like oh Christ you know this was his biggest one of his biggest fears so to get him on was a bit of a comfort zone stretch for him as well and he's he's a private person he is not as much of a talker as I am obviously I would talk till the cows come home and he certainly isn't a talker if I shoved this microphone complete with my sock on top in his face um but it's so important and it comes up a lot and eventually I bullied him into it so yeah so we talk about anxiety from his perspective and what he found helpful when I started to really fall apart and the things that he learned and what empowered him and what made him feel like he was able to cope and be there for me and the patterns that he would have observed that kind of thing so hopefully you will appreciate hearing about my experience from someone else's perspective yeah just please bear in mind that he's not at all comfortable with the idea of being put out there like this so it's a big it's a big deal that he did it and I'm so grateful one of the key bits of advice that we didn't touch on in our conversation but occurred to me afterwards and something I want to mention now before we get going is that when someone asks you every day how are you doing today how, how do you feel today when you're really struggling with anxiety that is not helpful because it is not like a stomach bug that will improve in a matter of hours I had people asking me all the time like my family and my brother who meant so well who would be like oh any improvement today and you feel so bad having to say no there's no improvement you feel like you're letting people down so it's better not to check in with someone on that kind of hourly daily basis you know if you're going to talk to them just be like how are you have a general chat don't expect that because they've gone to sleep and woken up the anxiety might be gone because that's you're putting pressure under them even though I know you mean well they're going to feel pressure by hearing that and thinking oh god well I wasn't okay yesterday and I'm still not okay today so what does that mean it might take you a little bit of time to come back to yourself and for me that was months into years and um you know for you it could be a matter of just days but if you're someone listening who has a loved one or a partner or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or wife going through anxiety don't check in for those you know updates on how are you now how, how are you feeling now because it's just a little bit frustrating and it's not exactly helpful so just to to start off with that piece of key advice and now I will let Barry do the talking I know you hate me so much right now. This is like not your idea of how to spend Sunday night. What would you rather be doing right now? Anything. <laughs> but something that a few people asked me to touch on in the podcast was how to be there for someone when you're not the person with the anxiety, but you want to be supportive to someone who does have it, whether it's a boyfriend or girlfriend or daughter or anything. And I think you're the most qualified person in my life to, to be that guest. I want to start by saying thank you. Your belly's gurgling. <laughs> um, I promised him that I'd make him dinner, but not until we've recorded the podcast. So that's just your hungry belly. <laughs> and it's not going to be anything fancy. It's going to be fried leftover potatoes and an egg. 
Not a great deal, is it? Not a great deal. But yeah, I want to start by saying thank you. People message me, which is amazing, to say thank you for making them feel less alone or less like they're gone mad and for making them feel normal. And you were that person for me when I didn't have anyone to talk to who had been there and known what it felt like. So you have been the person that kept me feeling like I still was me all along, especially during those initial really dark few months or year as it was. I really don't know if I would have been able to get to where I am now without you and that's kind of scary in a way because I always think what if I didn't have you would my anxiety be a lot worse and but I suppose it's okay to depend on you when we're married now so I can't get away that easily or you can't get away that easily and you probably say that we depend on each other and that's okay yeah absolutely I want to go back to the very beginning in 2014 when it all kind of hit me anxiety was not something you were familiar with at all really was it no no not to the extent that, that it affected you you know but what how did you understand it at that time just, just like a, a, a normal emotion that would crop up from time to time again i mean for me personally just like you know you have a big presentation to give in college or th- things like that exams yeah and something that would rise and pass exactly yeah but this was a lot different to that this was anxiety that was rising and, and staying there when there was no presentation to give or anything yeah so that was completely unfamiliar to you obviously yeah yeah I mean I'd never heard of anyone no one I knew or uh, at least that I was aware of had ever had anything like that happen so I was so both you and I thought I was patient zero <laughs> <laughs> patient zero yeah possibly why do you think that was do you think people just weren't talking about it then or were they not able to identify it as anxiety or they're afraid of what people might think if they said it was a mental health issue yeah, possibly all of those things. I think even if someone, potentially if someone I had known was suffering, maybe they wouldn't have feel, felt empowered to, you know, come out and say it. Do you think you would have? Probably not. Probably, like, I, I mean, I suppose it would have been more of a thing that, you know, you might tell your family and stuff, but you might feel this kind of social embarrassment or something. Yeah, like, exactly. You have to tell your friends and, like, you feel like you're going crazy or something. I know, and, like, that's such a part of the anxiety. Like, whatever is the reason that triggers it, then you start to add all these layers on and one of the biggest layers is what will people think of me for struggling and then that is the anxiety becomes bigger and that kind of becomes the anxiety itself so like if we were in a position where people could talk about it as openly as I now do I don't think half the people would suffer with anxiety and I think because of the way me and you talk about it in day-to-day life it's it's like a non-issue for me these days mm-hmm. yeah because we've normalised it so much. Yeah. To go back then, it was a complete 180 transformation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I always, you know, even when you started feeling feeling bad, it was always you still there, but it was just kind of this like cloud around you, I suppose, and messing, messing with your thoughts. And, and then, of course, that kind of influences how you behave and how you act and mm. all of that stuff. How did you feel? Well, I was just, I suppose, as confused as you were when at first kind of came on you know it, it kind of changed from you just not feeling well every time we ate and kind of figure out what that was was it something that we you also thought it might be South Dublin city water didn't you no no <laughs> that was just you <laughs> tried to tell you that was silly but didn't really make sense did it no I was just looking for anything that yeah, could be but yeah, it, it you was... know it was literally looking for anything because I suppose it was every, every time every time we ate you'd feel bad so it was like okay has something in your diet changed or trying to get to the bottom of that but then that kind of got progressively worse and worse and then started you know affecting you mentally like initially it was really just a kind of physical stomach kind of thing and it? did I have to convince you that it was actually all sort of 
emotional and mental or had you started to think about that before I realized it like I think you were probably looking very, very much for something tangible to put your finger on yeah I think I because because nothing I suppose nothing previously in my life had pointed me towards something kind of mental health problems um, it wasn't where I was exploring like I wasn't looking at that and you just weren't aware of the connection between how your mental health can physically affect your body or manifest no, no, not at all no. so yeah so you were in the dark as much as I was absolutely yeah absolutely yeah what was it like to see me sort of I mean I, th- I feel like it was over a matter of days that I went from being me to completely falling down into a heap on the ground well it was pretty scary seeing such a drastic change in kind of you know space of a couple of months yeah, I was, I suppose I was, you know, I was in the dark as you were about the whole thing. I was trying to figure out what could be wrong. And then when it kind of, you know, you kind of knew it was more a kind of mental kind of problem. And I remember you had told me and you're like, you know, I think it's, I think I'm, you know, suffering with anxiety and that's I don't caused. even remember that conversation. Yeah, no, I, I vaguely remember that. I remember you saying it to me and, and it was like, that's what's causing, you know, all everything else in my stomach problems is they just happened to come first but it was really a, a mental health issue and I suppose once that was kind of you know we were confident that that's what it was I suppose I could read up as much as I could about that and mm-hmm. try and read people's stories and try and get an idea in my head as to how this just people's stories in general because I just as I said I had never heard of anyone you know of had talked personally known anyone who'd you know been suffering so I'm at home every day staring at the four walls you're gone to work obviously because you have to because now I'm not earning any money and we've just moved in together and I think we also really underestimate the fact that we were only together six months so that was such a huge shift in the kind of relationship we had to suddenly you were taking care of me on a very basic physical level Mm. yeah we kind of forget about that don't we yeah yeah, and I, mean, I think it made us get more serious more quickly. Not not I mean, that we wanted it, but <laughs> well, it definitely did. But I'd known you for a long time before that as well. So, well, we were only living together two weeks. Living together two weeks, yeah. So it was like, did you think, oh my god, she's falling apart two weeks after we've been? Is it me? No, I never really thought that to be honest. I suppose if if you thought it was me, you probably would have just left. So. <laughs> and I was begging you not to leave. Uh, yeah, me. yeah. So I was pretty sure it wasn't me. What was it like for you being at work every day? You know, you've got a pretty high pressure job. How many times a day did I phone you? Like I felt like I couldn't get through an hour. You you probably felt like you had to phone me to check up on me all the time as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I suppose it was very hard to leave in the morning, and then because the mornings were worse for me. Yeah, mornings were always worse. Yeah. Yeah, and then driving in, you know, you would always be on your mind, you know, you might get stuck into a bit of work and, you know, you might forget about it for an hour because your mind was preoccupied with something, but it would always be there in the back just and you jump jump back up to the front of your mind and you think about it. Yeah, and even like hearing you say that now, like I just feel so guilty that I became a stress in your life. Like my brother, when he would try to reassure me about what I was going through would say like oh everyone has their cross to bear and I always felt like I was your cross to bear not to sound like martyr but like I was the thorn in your side or I was your challenge and I just felt like I I didn't want to be that person I wanted to be someone that you like couldn't wait to get home to and yeah but I knew you would you were that person before and you would be again so but I just feel like another layer of the anxiety was that I was feeling like I can't do this to you and I think I've probably remember trying to like break up with you or something or like be like please go and be you know I, I think about all the things that you would have done were enough for that you know where where would you be now and 
like was it hard for you to reassure me so that was a layer of anxiety that was I didn't need to have in my life you mm. know you were there you wanted to be there yeah and I, th- I think like it it helped you a lot when I suppose you kind of accepted that that I was gonna stay and I was gonna help you get through it you know I know I remember I remember saying to your mom I was like I just well I felt really guilty for for them as well I felt like your family were thinking who is this person that's you know is this the best thing for my son because obviously you'd come first to them and I was I felt like I was dragging you down and holding you back and everything and you were it was far more you know emotional pressure than you we would expect so, so early on in a relationship and I said to your mom I don't know why I don't know why you're you're, you're staying with me and she just was like because he loves you Caroline and I just started crying and I was like I have to sometimes you have to just let someone love you and I couldn't understand that actually I didn't realize how amazing you were as a person until we went through that because I thought you oh, well of course you're not gonna put up with this of course it's not fun anymore I'm not sexy <laughs> not wearing makeup I look like what's your man you kiss every day oh yeah the mascara running down my face if I even put it on <laughs> and oh god like I just was not you know the cool girlfriend at all and it was so it was so hard to believe that you loved me and it was so amazing I mean one good thing to come out of it was to realize that you actually had all this depth and that I didn't realize that you you know you were interested in it for the good times and I was like well maybe he actually really does love me Hmm. yeah was it hard to convince me yeah well I mean you were just as you say that to me all the time wouldn't you but just kept telling you and eventually it got through to you and then I think you kind of stopped worrying having to worry about that well, I stopped worrying when you proposed to me, but that was quite... Ah, no, time. that was a long time after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I don't really worry about it. It was really, that was like one of the hardest things was the pressure I felt to put on our relationship. And I thought it would be easier for me to just fall apart and be alone and be back with my parents because, you know, they gave birth to me or they, you know, they, they're stuck with me, but you weren't. So it was really, it was really honourable and it was really amazing that you were willing to do anything for me and obviously like we're married now so i know now that we were always going to be more than that but i don't hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. No, 
if many guys could handle that. Do you think? I don't think so. I don't know. Just didn't. It always just felt like it always just felt like something that you know I, I like I knew you know we'd be able to get to it. And... But like I love that you say that though. Like you were always I always was like this is my shit. I'm going through this. You can you don't need to. And you would always say, you know we're gonna figure a way out. We were a we so early on, you know. And I think that made us so much more serious and know that we could actually handle anything. But it was definitely like a stress in your life. And that was hard pill for me to swallow, that I was a stress in your life. Yeah, yeah. But that was okay, you know. It didn't have to be all, you know, it's, life's never going to be super easy all the time, right? And I made you watch every episode of 90210 with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My guilty pleasure, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you loved it. So, do you remember that first time? Do you remember when the shit we hit the fan and we went to, we were in Wagamama? Yeah, I do, yeah. What was that like for you? It was scary enough, but then I kind of just snapped into action mode, I suppose, and it was just like... What was action the, mode in, for you? Well, just in that moment, it's like, right, okay, we need to get home. So how do we get home? Okay, let's go pay the bill, get to the car, get home. So it was just like, let's do do this thing, do the next thing. It wasn't really the place to be uh, trying to figure out what was going on or trying to, to calm you down, like, there in public when you're probably feeling all this social pressure because you're crying into a bowl of noodles so <laughs> actually they wanted to call my book crying into my noodles because of that anecdote and i was like that doesn't sound too empowering no um but something that people really benefit from is knowing how like our language around the anxiety started to change like i think in the early days as we were both so in the dark and so clueless everything was a disaster and, you know, I'd say to you, if I was even able to say to you that I had a panic attack or felt a wave of anxiety, because I was afraid of what you'd think. I was, af- you know, I was afraid of having had a good day and then having to tell you, I actually don't feel good. And then you feeling like, oh, I thought we, I thought you were past this, you know. Hmm. And actually it became so important for us to, to always talk about it and to normalize it so much. And I think that is such a big hurdle for people with anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we moved from you saying, oh, like I don't, didn't feel great today or whatever, and then me trying to say, oh, you know, really dig down into it and everything and make a big deal of it from to kind of like, oh, that's, that's okay. Like, what's, mm. what's for dinner? And then, <laughs> you know. Well, of course, that's the question you were always asking. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Think about it a lot. Food a lot. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that like not making a big deal of it, you know, not to no minimalize it but you know not to make a massive deal out of it either you know yeah not to say that this is okay now it's not the end our of whole day. evening is going to be consumed by analyzing why you weren't feeling good yeah. particularly good that day when you know really Did there, they... there didn't have to be a trigger it can just be some kind of that day you have some kind of chemical you know but that was so like that's how you dealt with it is that you researched everything you probably learned more about anxiety before I did and the chemicals and you know you were able to say to me well you know you have your period or you had um a a throat infection so your everything is going to be below par or your hormones will be out of balance so you would be able to sort of tell me what was going on that was your kind of coping mechanism yeah yeah I guess like you know I've, I've forgotten a lot of it now but like you know a lot of it now much more than I did but you know I did I did a lot of reading about it and trying to figure it out and then you know you could see patterns with you where you would maybe be feeling good for a week and then you might have panic attack or something like that and then you might you nearly always feel bad for like three or four days after and then you would think that oh you've kind of reverted but or you've gone back but it was a case of kind of three steps forward two steps back kind of thing for a lot of it you know you'd still be making progress but 
those two steps back would be particularly hard for you because you wouldn't be able to see that okay it's two steps back but I'm, I'm still actually making progress that's the one thing that you've constantly said to me and you still say to me all the time in everything in, in my life is like that no road towards what do you say like it's never straight yeah I mean I guess you, you always wanted this like single you know incremental progress like along a straight line but there was always going to be peaks and troughs you know and you would go up and down but if you looked at the general you know your general trend was going up but it could be bouncing up and down in, in between that you know mm. and every time you thought you were you had you had a bad time you know you would you would think oh this is me going down and my trend is actually going down but the trend is actually still going up you know it was, <laughs> it was like gradually getting longer and longer from when you had you know bad moments or bad or attacks you know panic attacks and um, like you observing those patterns was really essential for you to be able to say to me you're going to be okay because you knew that you had proof that I was going to be okay mm. whereas so when I was saying to you I'm not good or if it was those the aftermath of a really bad wave of anxiety is where I was still thinking all my thoughts were still tinged with fear and I still was seeing through these anxiety goggles and everything scared me but and I wasn't going to believe in that moment that I'd be able to do like go for a coffee with someone or but you'd be able to see I know that's how you feel now but I know you won't be like this in a couple of days yeah yeah and I think you started to know that as well but, but I need you to tell me like I needed you to yeah but you'd know that yourself that you'd be like okay I, I'm don't feel good now and therefore all my th- all my thoughts are now tinged with this kind of negativity mm-hmm. and you were able to then rationalize you know you actually knew yourself that this is what happened so you could say okay well I know my thoughts now are way shifted towards the negative and I know that's only because I I'm still in the aftermath of having a panic attack like yesterday say and I know in three days or whenever it is you know in a few days that's going to subside did it make it easier for you having that knowledge and and now having the experience with me to be able to understand it whenever you felt it yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah i mean i'd, I'd definitely be able to recognize it more now in myself like if i feel anxious about something and you would use the assess and address uh, approach of course yeah <laughs> trademarked <laughs> i need to trademark it actually what have you learned most about anxiety what do you think you you know so much now that you didn't then and what do you what do you think would have been so important for you to know then when i probably needed it most that you know now um i think probably the most helpful thing was like learning about what's actually going on in your brain the chemistry like yeah for me anyway i suppose more kind of science oriented brain i like engineer wanted to know kind of what was actually happening and it also takes away some of the scariness of you thinking oh i'm just going i'm gone mad or something or you know you think you're losing your mind or it's just now it can be something as simple as some kind of hormone imbalance or something in your brain chemistry is is slightly off balance and that's you know not something that's outside your control you can't think yourself to produce more positive hormone in your brain you know yeah what would you say to someone who is the you in the situation when they're saying how do i support my girlfriend or my my partner or my boyfriend i think re- i think reading up on it and then like and, reading and then uh, my book <laughs> reading yeah this great book called owning it yeah <laughs> In all good books are yeah yeah re- certainly reading up on it and then reading other people's stories of it talking to people who've gone through it um because i suppose you know there's only so much like even even a an expert in the topic can tell you if they haven't 
gone through it themselves sometimes people find it quite reassuring to hear from the horse's mouth you know how things actually were and then kind of trying to to normalize it as well and and not not make a super fuss about it and know that it takes a long time but it's it's definitely something that you can get through but as someone who isn't the one experiencing it is it hard sometimes to believe to not you know like we always say like we would never ever say to just snap out of it but is it hard when you don't you don't see anything being wrong and you look fine is it hard to is it hard to to understand that it's a real thing and you know it's not something you can just resolve with one chat or one cup of tea do you think people do you think more people who don't have anxiety need to know about it it's hard it's hard it's hard to emphasize i suppose when you haven't ever felt that thing yourself but then that doesn't mean that you can't maybe imagine what it could feel like for someone i mean if you imagine your the scariest thing you've ever done or feeling anxious about something maybe a moment before you jump out of a plane on a skydive or whatever it is for you that's been your scariest moment and then try and imagine uh, feeling that sitting on your couch at home with no thing that can actually alleviate that you know and feeling that 24 7 yeah it's pretty shit yeah <laughs> um obviously we've talked mostly about the beginning and the bad days but you know i like to think that now i'm i have a pretty good handle on it and we just got back from our honeymoon and i did i'm so proud of myself that i went to thailand because i was most afraid that i would have the shits every day mm-hmm. no I, shits no shits neither of us had the shits and we had the ice and everything but i did have a couple of moments of anxiety like brief but i mean you were there to snap me out of it so what was talk me through that kind of anxiety and how you deal with those little waves that i get very infrequently now yeah i think i think a lot of the the reasons you feel things now is like you kind of have built something up in your head that you think is going to be worse than it actually ends up being Mm -hmm. and you probably been a bit worried about going so far as in you know you've never been that far away before and then and i was worried about being sick and then the first night you know you you get any kind of yeah yeah worrying about being sick building this up for months and then the first night maybe you feel something a little bit off in your stomach whereas i would completely ignore that so i go oh i feel a bit weird and then it would be gone five minutes later and i go back to sleep you would then because you built it up so much thinking you're going to be sick you then be like oh shit 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 i'm going to be this is it i'm going to be sick for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> and what but did you really, say to me in that scenario well just try and you know you know that you can you can rationally think about it and know that i can't always though like it's it's really hard when you're in the moment to to rationalize but it definitely helps to talk through it in the moment as well yeah and i think of you kind of like some of the cbt type exercises isn't it you know mm-hmm. you're kind of writing down what you're feeling and maybe when you look at it on paper it's, it looks a bit ridiculous and then you know what did i eat i don't ate anything bad yeah am i really gonna be sick in this really nice hotel you know on our first night and um, probably not and you you like doing kind of divert diversion tactics with me as well you know where you'll try and take my mind off it and yeah i think if i know if i see you stuck in your own head you always ask me what are the hamsters doing now yeah the hamsters are doing something but you can see me being anxious if if it happens to me can't you oh yeah yeah and then like a lot of the time all it takes is just to talk about something else 
Yeah. And if you can actually get engaged in something else, you've then forgotten about, or you're not dwelling on it. I think dwelling on you thinking that you're sick when you're probably not mm. is like a piece of work. Is it annoying that I wake up pretty regularly, even when we're at home? And if I feel a twinge in my stomach, I do panic when I'm that tired. And I think it's because I'm that tired that I can't rationalise and I can't fall back asleep that I think I'm going to have this bug. It's not that regular, in fairness. Well, it's, it was regular. <laughs> well, it was regular for a while. And then at one time, I actually did have a bug. And then I was actually... And you were grand. <laughs> I was having the really worst bug of my life. And I was actually kind of... In a way, I was kind of glad because I was like, this is the thing I've been most afraid of. And it's happening and I'm actually handling it. So... I don't think success with that kind of anxiety is avoiding being sick. I think it's being like, okay, well, if it happens, that's okay. And I'll be able to handle it. And same with panic attacks. And I always say to people, I think I was stuck in a rut way back when, even with you of saying, of thinking that my success was measured in the amount of good days that I had had. And thinking, well, I'm fine because I haven't had a panic attack or I'm fine because I've had a few days of anxiety. Well, I need to be fine regardless. Like, I know instead of trying to... Then I was in fear of the next time it would happen. Mm. But I need to be able to say, well, even if it does happen, I know I'll be fine. Yeah, yes. And you knew you... Like, eventually you got to the place where you were... I know if I have a panic attack, I can deal with this. And it's not... I'm not... It's not going to... It's not going to kill me for the next few weeks thinking about what have I done wrong to cause this. And How important is it, do you think, for people who have anxiety to have someone to talk to who doesn't say, oh my God, that's awful, or just who just normalises it? Is it think everyone needs a person that they can talk to like if you're not in a relationship yeah i think for a lot of this stuff actually just talking to someone about it does alleviate a lot of it so. but you also have to mind yourself as well like i feel sometimes obviously i get a lot of messages from people talking about their sharing their stories and i'm so grateful to to hear them and for them to be in touch with me but then i feel like i kind of take it on you know it, you can be empathetic to a point where it actually is something you're dealing with as well so like how do you have any advice for how you would sort of look after your own mental health while supporting someone who's very very fragile mm. well i suppose it's different it's different for you you know because if you have you know hundreds of people messaging you you're like trying to empathize with a hundred different stories and that can start to get overwhelming but mm. you know if, if it's just one person and it's a and it's a loved one you know it's you know you, you can take that on i think well at least for me it was probably okay to take on maybe not for for some people mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was like too badly negatively impacting on me. Like but obviously, you had obviously, your support as well. If you needed it, you would talk to your friends or. Yeah, yeah. Do you think I've come a long way? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's fairly clear, isn't it? I mean, you couldn't pretty much wear better than for months or longer. I, I yeah. can't even remember how it was. You know, not able to work, not able to really do anything, not, not able to take care of yourself and to, you know, where you are now, so like you're a million miles away from where you were you like the practical stuff you like having a plan of action so what would your plan of action be now for someone else get informed read read up as much as you can about it and try and understand how people feel and i think you'd be big into obviously like it's the bullshit free guide but you would be big into being super practical in your approach so like even like you'd kind of laugh at me when i was going off doing different therapies and oh yeah you're doing a lot of magic i was doing a lot of like i would have done anything (laughs) but the key thing that they all had in common was just the physical relaxing of my body, which was always going to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And and like any any of this, any stuff, even if you don't agree with the... Ideology. The ideology, or like maybe like maybe there's not necessarily any good science backing behind it, but if, if it actually makes someone feel good and it makes the person who's subjectively feeling it and it makes them feel good and makes them relaxed, I mean, it, there's absolutely no harm in doing any of that stuff, you know? 
So whatever helps you. And and the most important thing I think is just to to completely normalize it and not make a big deal about it. Um I think when you get to the to that level with your partner or your friend or whoever it is, I think that's a pretty decent place to be to kind of being knowing that you're on the road to owning it. Owning it. <laughs> oh Jesus. That's nice. Uh, but also know that it takes a very long time and it's not something that's going to be... Well, it can take a very long time, but for some people... Like, yeah. I do believe, like, if we knew then what we know now, I don't think it would have been as long. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot more information out there. And yeah. I suppose it's 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 very hard for me to say, actually. You know, I only know your experience. Your, for, for you, it, would, it took a long time, but I don't know. But at the same time, you're right. Like, it's not something that goes away overnight. Yeah. And just because you have one day feeling good doesn't mean anxiety is gone. It's about understanding it as a stress response that will present itself and it's about managing that. Yeah. And if you start to feel every good day, think, oh, that's, oh, I'm cured now or I'm better or that's it, I'm done, then it just makes the bad days that will probably come worse, you know. Yeah. And whereas the better approach is, you know, when you when you just have a good day and it's like, okay, I'm having a good day. Yeah. Um, and then to remember that, it's it might be one step backwards but overall yeah you know, forward. yeah i think you can probably cer- certainly if you can't you can't see it if you're if you're in in it yourself but if someone you know and you're close to can probably see the the general trend they can probably see like are you generally getting better or are you generally trending worse and if you're i suppose if you're trending worse you probably need to see what you can do to try and try and help that before i let you go and you'll be free from podcasting hell. <laughs> if for someone listening, okay, if their their partner is anxious and they come home from work or whatever and they say to the Barry in the situation, Oh, like I've had a bit of a panic attack today or I've had a bit of an anxious day, what would your protocol be for that person? What should they do? Um, well, I think first of all, just don't overreact. But at the same time, you know, don't fob it off either and say it's nothing. Because they're feeling the anxiety and, and it's real to them. Mm-hmm. Then I suppose you probably do want to talk it through a bit, you know, especially if it's just come up out of the blue and try and think of what might have caused it or what's changed maybe in your life that's maybe pushing you into this. Try to kind of make sense of it and, and rationalize it. Mm-hmm. And then I guess want to normalize it. You know, it's okay to, to feel what you're feeling and it's better to talk about it than to try and keep it bottled up and keep it to yourself and it's definitely helpful for me to hear you say that whatever i'm feeling kind of makes sense even if it's not something that you're feeling yourself that you're not like oh jesus what's wrong with you you're like oh like no wonder you feel this way yeah and then this is kind of coming back to the first point don't overreact you don't want to sit on it then for the entire night no you know discuss it then move on don't dwell on it for too long you know decide what you'd like to do that might make you feel a bit better something that will take your mind off it maybe i don't know whatever that is for you shitty tv watching shit tv or <laughs> you know having a bubble bath yeah whatever or just having a chat about how your day was maybe whatever works for you yeah something to engage your mind and try and get you to stop thinking about it finally then at least in your case i would tell you that you know it's gonna pass and even if you don't feel like it will it will because you know that it will. Because I know that it will. Because it's that's what it's always done. And if you cuddle. And cuddle. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much to my husband Barry, my reluctant husband. Well, reluctant podcast guest. I don't think he's reluctant to be my husband. Well, I hope not. He was a great sport, and 
coming up next I will be talking with Georgie Crawford who is just you obviously follow her already because if you don't what are you doing with your life she's an amazing woman she is a cancer survivor and she I've appeared on her podcast as well she's doing such amazing things and I wanted to talk to her about anxiety around obviously the life-altering experience of a diagnosis such as cancer and yeah she's I'm really looking forward to chatting with her so I hope you will tune in again and don't forget if you are enjoying the podcast and you want something that you can return to again and again both books owning it and the confidence kit are available in all good bookstores and some shitty ones too I'm sure and on Amazon and the likes so um yeah if you're interested they're not expensive and I would love for you to read them and give me your feedback till next time ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access a full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.